הרי אני מקשר עצמי לכל הצדיקים האמיתים שזרנו, לכל הצדיקים האמיתים שוכני עפר קדוש אלא שבארה צמא. ובבחן לרבנו הקדוש צדיק יסדון המלאכה נובמת כוח חוכמה רבנו נחמן סגה. נא אנך נחמן נחמן ואומן זכותם תגן עלינו ועל כל ישראל אמן. תודה השם, we just did two sections. Or we did two parts of lesson 69. We're going to finish it off with a third part. As we just talked about the idea of tzedakah. How a person who robs money from his friend gets their moral thoughts. For um, he's taking the light of this man's wife, etc. Um, how a person shouldn't um, despise the wife of his youth. Um, he should actually give tzedakah to repair his own portion and so that he should find contentment with that which he has. Zat Hashem, let's finish off the lesson. Veda, and know, Shalidit tzedakah yuchal etekin ramon gzela sheyeshlo. That through tzedakah, a person is able to rectify the stolen money that he has in his possession. Hanu shegazor edechemda, Meaning the money that he has stolen through coveting. For stealing literally has no rectification to literally return that money back. And if you have stolen from the public, from that money that you had stolen, you have to make, um, you have to complete the needs of the public, meaning do things that benefit the public as it's brought down. But if a person has money in his possession that he has stolen through coveting, not through actual action, but through thought and desire, he's able to rectify this through charity. Um, for charity causes it to remain as it is. Meaning that his money is remaining his, even though it's money robbed through coveting. But the money... Um, is rectified. So Rabbeinu says, if you steal money, literally, you have to return that money. And um, that uh, when a person physically steals money, and when you physically steal that money, that money that um, that you stole has to be returned. And if it's public money that you stole, you have to return it. Um, and you have to do needs of the public. Uh, you have to do things that can benefit the public. Things that the public needs. But um, money through coveting, you have to give tzedakah to repair. Hanu. Sorry, this is what the Gemara says in Kiddushin. Al Pasuk on the verse, says in the verse of Malachi, that he will sit, smelting, purifying, kesef silver, He'll purify the sons of Levi, and he'll refine them like gold and silver. And they will be for Hashem, these children of Levi, like these Kohanim, will be, belong to Hashem, like presenters of offerings in Tzedaka. They will be like Tzedaka to Hashem, an offering of Tzedaka to Hashem, these Kohanim. That God will be charitable so that a family that has blended into the Jewish people beyond recognition will remain that way. So what does that mean? Rabbanu is telling us something here from this Gemara. <clears throat> Let's see. Meaning through charity one rectifies th uh, theft. Which is the family that has blended beyond recognition. Family that has um, 
blended inside the community with no one um, paying too close, too much close attention. Because this is the aspect of stealing a per, the soul of a person's, um, a person's um, children, his daughters, his sons, and taking the um, his own wife. This is why it's considered an intermix, intermingled family. This family that is beyond recognition, right? A blended family that is beyond recognition. This is what we're talking about. When a person robs another person of his money through coveting, whatever it is, that he is actually entering this person's family and mixing it up and taking that person's family and bringing it into his, etc. And through tzedakah, it rectifies it so that it remains as is. It says, A family that is blended beyond recognition, will remain that way. Meaning what? That even though the money is still in your possession, through that coveting, and that you've taken those souls, which, <laughs> through just through the coveting, you're able to rectify. And even that which you've taken will be rectified. The thing that is in your possession will be rectified. Meaning it will remain that way. The tzakah is able to rectify it. This is what it says. And he sits and he refines and he purifies silver and gold. And he will um, he will refine them like silver and gold. Meaning that he's going to purge and refine that silver and that gold. That gold and silver which he had robbed. Which is the robbed money that we're talking about? Which is that money, that uh, intermingled family, that family that has been beyond recognition, that has in, um, blended beyond recognition. This is the money that we're talking about. A person steals. This is why it's in the Gemara and Kiddushin that a person who marries another woman um, for the sake of money will have. Um, Children who are not pr- proper, disreputable children. children. Because when a person marries uh, someone else for money and turns it, himself to money, he's an idiot and a fool. For the heart of a wise person leans to his right side, but the heart of a foolish person leans to his left. And we know money is from the left side. Hanu. Meaning, meaning, when a wise person marries a woman, he turns to his right side, meaning to the Torah, which is the right. From his right hand, um, he gave a fiery law to them. Meaning, from Hashem's right hand, that's where the fiery law, which is the Torah, was given. So we see the right side of the Torah. Meaning that he's marrying a woman in order for in order um, he's marrying a woman for the sake of Torah so that he should learn Torah and purity. A person who wants to learn Torah and purity should have a, should take a wife. Meaning, if you want to really truly learn Torah and Kedusha, get married. But a person whose heart leans to his left, a foolish person, who marries a woman for money, because the money represents the left side, the woman represents, sorry, the money represents the left side, you also know the woman too, but here in this case, we're talking about the motivations for why you're getting married. Is it for money? Is it for Torah? Torah being the right side, money being the left. So if you're marrying a a woman for money, 
in her left there's wealth and there's honor. We find if you're actually marrying for the sake of money, you're a fool. You're blemishing and you're losing your own da'at. This is why you're going to create children that are not proper. For the fact that your dad has been blemished. And we know that from dad, from the mind, that's where the children come from. And we know the semen stems from the brain. And because you blemish the brain through marrying someone for bad intentions, for money, and not for Torah, then um, the children that you will have from that union will end up being bad. By means of turn, sorry, when you turn and you make your money, make money your goal. With this, you create enemies. For the essential gaining strength of enemies, the way hatred comes about and enemies come about is from the confusion and the clouding of the mind. For love is dependent upon that, in, uh, upon knowledge and intellect. Lelola, she is um, she is difficult towards her children, as if they were not hers. Kihisha eloka chokma, for God deprived her of wisdom. Meaning what? Meaning that she has no that this verse is speaking about a woman who has no love for her children. And why did she honor her love? Because it says kihisha eloka chokma, for God deprived her of wisdom. She has no love because she has no wisdom. So we see here that love is dependent upon a person's dad. So we see that the fact that she has no love is because she has no wisdom. And therefore, we see that this person who has a clouded mind, it's from this that enemies come about. Because a person only an enemy with someone else because there's no love between them. And according to the confusion and the cloudiness of the mind, through this desire for money a person has, the same is true of how much um, the enemies get stronger, of how strong your enemies will be. Sometimes from this desire for money, or this goal of money that you are constantly running after, your enemies will hate you without cause. Because according to your desire and how much you turn to money, this is how much you are a fool. The same is true of how much your mind is um, putrid. And according to how much you've, you've uh, blemished your mind, that's how much the enemies will over, try to overcome you. And sometimes, as long as the mind remains clouded, then the enemies that get stronger because of that cloudiness of the mind, they too, meaning they too hate this person because of wisdom and because of the brain. Meaning what? Meaning what? That they have reasons for why they hate you. Because the cloud, sometimes the cloudiness of the mind goes so far that now you give logic and reason to the enemy as to why they hate you. Um, even though this that um, is considered the cloudiness of the mind for the essence of hatred only comes from the cloudiness and the putrid the, the putridity of the mind nonetheless um, these enemies still have reasons for why they have hatred towards you for the fact that that um, 
cloudiness of the mind still exists within your mind. It still exists within the mind. Sometimes you desire money so much and you're actually such a big fool until literally your mind is not able to bear this cloudiness until literally that cloudiness emerges as hair for the mind um, for the mind Sorry, for the hair is actually extraneous, are the extraneous elements of the brain, of the mind, as is known. Um, look at Ed Chaim. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, okay. Over there, this idea. It's, uh, Rabbeinu is taking all these most awesome ideas in Kabbalah and telling us the most incredible things. And also the enemies that come from that place, the extraneous elements of the mind, meaning from that um, cloudiness of the mind, from that, from those extraneous elements of the brain, meaning from the hair, they are literally enemies whose hate are without, whose hate is without cause. They don't have any Meaning that they have no reason for their hatred because of the fact that they come from the the putrid, the 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 mind's um, um, disgustingness, it's 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 cloudiness that it, meaning that they don't come from the cloudiness of the mind. Sorry, they only come from the cloudiness that extends above the mind. Meaning the the your mind is so cloudy that you desire so much money, so much coveting of this desire for money. How much you put your goals and your desires towards money, 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 money. That what happens is literally that your mind is not able to endure your your stupidity, so that literally that um, that um, that cloudiness that is present within the mind actually extends outward, that the mind can't even handle it, and actually extends into the hairs, which is where um, these enemies now draw their nourishment from. The aspect of these enemies aren't even having a reason; they don't even have a brain for why they hate you, because your cloudiness is not even in your mind. It's actually extended so far beyond that they hate you for no reason at all. Just because your, money, your desire for money is so strong that you have such a big stench for this. Um, that they're literally only hating you because of the fact that your cloudiness extends to the extraneous elements of the mind from the aspect of the hair. not within the mind. This is why that they have no reason, knowledge for why they hate you. Even of this cloudiness of the man at Sinatam, um, meaning that they hate you, um, that literally they only hate you um, without any cause, that their hatred is baseless. This is why it's in Tainim, David Amalek writes, that the hairs of my head are more uh, than my enemies. Sorry, so more than my enemies that are baseless, that have baseless hatred. Oh, sorry, more than the hairs on my head are those enemies with baseless hatred. Hatred, sorry. So what is the connection between these two? Because the enemies who hate you for no reason actually come from the aspect of the hair. Motre mochin, the extraneous elements of the mind that we saw above. But the wise man, even though he too has extraneous elements 
אבל זה מה מבחינת שערות, the concept of hairs. דא, נו, שהחכם בחינות מתחיל מוכין ושערות שלו הם מבחינת שער. That actually, the extraneous elements of the mind, of the wise man, and his hairs, are in the aspect of שער, not שערות, hairs, שער, not שער, but שער, gates, בימין על השין. The dot of the shin is on the right. It's not a shin, it's a shin. It's not se'ar, it's sha'ar, with the dot on the right side of the shin. That the extraneous elements of the mind are in the aspect of gates, meaning that it leans to the right, that he's a wise man, that he uses them to open up the gates of wisdom, and knowledge, to serve Hashem. Because of the fact that his mind Meaning that from this wise person's mind, it's impossible for the world to endure and to receive from his light. Therefore, the wise person, because his light is so strong, the light of his wisdom is so big that the world can't endure it, he needs to conceal himself and to lower himself to things that are trivial and lowly so that the world can receive from him. So that he should open up the gates of wisdom and knowledge to bring them closer to Hashem. He brought low evildoers before those who are good, and the wicked people at the gates of the righteous. Meaning what? That in order to to subdue, and to bring down the evil, before that which is good, you need to bring the wicked to the gates of the tzaddik. And in the, which is in the tzaddik's case, the extraneous elements of the mind, the concept of the hairs. But it's, it's She'arot, as we see. Nimtza, we find She'arot, 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 We find that the, the hairs of the wise man are not She'arot in general, but they're She'ar, that they are gates. That it's a gate, Be'yamin, on the right side, that's a Shin, that has the dot on the right. But by the wicked person, the fool, their hairs are literally with the Sin, the 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 shin with the dot on the left, se'arot hairs be small with the left side. This is why it says in the verse that a wise man's heart is to his right, limino limino, and um, the heart of the foolish person is to his left. This is why the Gemara says in Kiddushin, a person who marries a woman that is not fitting for him, Eliyahu kofto, Eliyahu binds him. Etc. And God lashes him, as it says over there. Because when a person marries a woman that isn't proper to him, it's certain that he did not want his portion, which was given to him since at the beginning of time. And through this, he's in the concept of motarot, extraneous element. He has fallen to the concept of se'arot, hairs, not shah. This is why Eliyahu is appointed to punish this person. Kihu Baal Seah for Eliyahu. It's in Melachim Bet chapter Melachim Book Two, Chapter One. It says over there Eliyahu was Baal Seah, a hairy man. Meaning, this concept of hair also stems with Eliyahu Shemunu Azeh Shemunu Azeh that he is appointed over this Alpachinat Seahot over the concept of hair. Zasud Bahamdin. To do judgment for whoever blemishes in this aspect. This is why it said in the Gemara over there that Eliyahu kofto, that Eliyahu um, binds him. Hashem will lash him. 
This represents the intellect and the extraneous elements of the intellect. Kofto, Binding him is the aspect of the intellect. This is the concept of tefillin that we bind. That the, it, the melech, it's a king. The king is bound in the locks, in chains. What, is, what do we say? As brought down in the Zohar, I believe. The conduits of the mind, the chambers of the mind. Is the chambers of the mind. This is the mochin we see. That what is binding the concept of the, the king is bound in the locks that we see kofto um, has to do with binding we see melech asur that is bound in the locks what's ratim which locks are we talking about the locks of the mind so we see here that kofto has to do with binding we said that the king is bound in shir Hashirim. what is he bound what what is that a reference to the, the conduits of the mind so we see this has to do with feeling the mind mochin intellect. As we see, um, the conduit of the mind represents tefillin, as we know in the Zohar. What's O? What is lashing? This represents the um, extraneous elements of the mind, the excess matter. This represents the straps of the tefillin. This represents the um, excessive elements. This Torah about the gravity of the prohibition of theft and the Torah in Lesson 68, right before this one, with regard to the um, blemishing of anger, the subject of blemishing and anger, that one loses wealth. These two lessons actually have a great connection and um, are tied to one another. This is understood to the one who has a little bit of intelligence, and they're all attached together to the Torah of Hechal Kodesh in Lesson 60, 59. Sorry, because both of those subjects are brought in short within the um, continuation of the lesson over there in Lesson 59. I better bring both of these subjects. Ayen Shamatim, look over there very well. That's where we're going to stop today. Baruch Hashem. You just did the, an amazing lesson. That Hashem may we apply it with all our force. Beg Hashem that we do think the Shem Shemayin, get married the Shem Shemayin, that we are um, able to illuminate our wife, whoever is married, those who aren't married, that they um, get married in Ketusha. That Hashem may we apply all that we studied with simplicity, um, attachment to the Tzaddik and with lots of love. That Hashem.